No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where God tells Jeremiah to go to the potter's house. While he is there, God tells him that Israel is clay in his hand. They have rejected him, so they will be scattered. We hope you join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Jeremiah chapter 18 on Simply the Bible. We come today to one of the most wonderful illustrations in the Old Testament and a personal favorite of mine. Jeremiah chapter 18. The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord saying, Arise and go down to the potter's house, and there I will cause you to hear my words. Then I went down to the potter's house, and there he was, making something at the wheel. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again into another vessel, as it seemed good to the potter to make. God chose to speak to Jeremiah at the potter's house, using the things Jeremiah saw to form the message he was to receive. The potter had a lump of clay that he was forming on the potter's wheel, but as he shaped it, the clay was marred in his hand. So he started all over and made another vessel with the same lump of clay. Now, we may wonder why he didn't throw the clay away and begin again with a new lump of clay. But the potter, in his patience, is unwilling to discard the clay he initially formed. The mar that appeared while the clay was being worked must be worked out of the clay until it is formed into the vessel that's fit for the potter's use. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter, says the Lord? Look, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so you are in my hand, O house of Israel. The instant I speak concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom to pluck up, to pull down and to destroy it. If that nation against whom I have spoken turns from its evil, I will relent of the disaster that I thought to bring upon it. And the instant I speak concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom to build and to plant it, if it does evil in my sight so that it does not obey my voice, then I will relent concerning the good which I said I would benefit it. As the Creator doesn't God have the right to do with his people as the potter does with the clay? Doesn't he have the right to mold and to shape them into the way that he wills? Now God's purpose was to shape them into a vessel of beauty, honor, and glory. He chose Israel out of all the nations to be his own special treasure. But his people were marred in his hand. and Rather than submitting to him, they were stubborn and self-willed. For centuries, God patiently told them to return to him and obey his voice. But when they refused, he finally said that he would pluck them out and pull them down. Now, when God sends a prophet to a nation with a message of destruction, it is in hope that the nation will turn from its evil so that he can relent. The classic example is when God sent Jonah to Nineveh with the message, 40 days and God will destroy this city. The people repented at the preaching of Jonah from the greatest to the least by wearing sackcloth and ashes so that God turned from the destruction he was going to bring. He went to great lengths to get Jonah to Nineveh 
because he wanted to give them the opportunity to repent. On the other hand, God can also speak to a nation to build and to plant it. But if the nation does not obey his voice and does evil in his sight, then God will relent concerning the good he said he would do. God's blessings are conditional upon obedience. Verse 11. Now therefore speak to the men of Judah and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, saying, Thus says the Lord, Behold, I am fashioning a disaster and devising a plan against you. Return now, everyone, from his evil way and make your ways and your doings good. God was forming a great disaster against them as they would go into Babylonian captivity. Yet he gave them another opportunity to repent. How patient is the Lord and how willing is he to forgive those who turn from their sins and trust in him? What is true of nations is also true of individuals. Each person is a common lump of clay ready to be formed by the master potter. God can do whatever he wants with us. The potter's wheel represents the circumstances of our lives that God uses to shape us. These circumstances are sometimes painful and difficult, but in those times, God begins pressing, squeezing, stretching, and molding us. Because of our resistance, we may fall and be broken. But God is so patient. He begins again and never gives up as long as we are willing to remain in his hands. As he shapes us, we begin to see the vessel he had in mind. The person we wanted to be was not his goal. Rather, he seeks to shape us into the image of his son. That is the vision he had for us when he first took hold of us and placed us on his wheel. Verse 12. And they said, that is hopeless. So we will walk according to our own plans and we will everyone obey the dictates of his evil heart. Tragically, the people of Judah were unwilling to change. They would not be conformed in the hands of the master potter. Their chains of rebellion and idolatry held them so tightly that they didn't want to break free. They weren't interested in knowing or following God's way. Doom or no doom, they would follow their own plans. They were hardened clay and unwilling to be shaped by the potter. Therefore, thus says the Lord, Ask now among the Gentiles who has heard such things. The virgin of Israel has done a very horrible thing. Will a man leave the snow water of Lebanon, which comes from the rock of the field? Will the cold flowing waters be forsaken for strange waters? The Lord now moves beyond his own people to the Gentiles to inquire of them. Has anyone ever heard of such a thing? Has anyone heard of a nation that would leave such beautiful supplies of fresh water to drink strange and polluted water? In the northern area of Israel by the ancient city of Dan, a tremendous spring of water gushes out of the earth. It comes from the snows of Mount Hermon. Moving a little farther northeast, you come to the area known as Benaeus, and water comes right out of the rock, forming a river. The water also is from the snows of Mount Hermon. Why would anyone forsake such fresh and pure waters for polluted ones? Yet that is exactly what Israel did in forsaking the Lord to serve worthless idols. Because my people have forgotten me, 
they have burned incense to worthless idols, and they have caused themselves to stumble in their ways from the ancient paths, to walk in pathways and not on a highway, to make their land desolate and a perpetual hissing. Everyone who passes by it will be astonished and shake his head. I will scatter them as with an east wind before the enemy. I will show them the back and not the face in the day of their calamity. Through the law and the prophets, God had given them a highway that leads to heaven. It is the highway of holiness. And it was the ancient road of the kingdom. But they caused themselves to stumble by choosing their own off-road and crooked paths that led to destruction. It has been said that many paths lead to God. It is true that many paths lead to God as judge, but only one way leads to God as Savior, the way of Jesus Christ. He is the highway of holiness. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. To reject him is to choose the broad path that leads to destruction. The path of our own choosing may seem wonderful at first until our eyes are open to see where it really leads. For Israel's disobedience and unwillingness to repent, God would now scatter his beloved people. He would show them his back and not his face. Then they said, Come and let us devise plans against Jeremiah, for the law shall not perish from the priest, nor counsel from the wise, nor the word from the prophet. Come and let us attack him with the tongue, and let us not give heed to any of his words. Jeremiah's words were not received by the people, so they began a smear campaign against them. Their argument was, We have plenty of priests, prophets, and elders. So we can do without Jeremiah and his doom and gloom. We're not going to pay any attention to him. And so Jeremiah prayed. Give heed to me, O Lord, and listen to the voice of those who contend with me. Shall evil be repaid for good? For they have dug a pit for my life. Remember that I stood before you to speak good for them, to turn away your wrath from them. Therefore, deliver up their children to the famine and pour out their blood by the force of the sword. Let their wives become widows and bereaved of their children. Let their men be put to death, their young men be slain by the sword in battle. Let a cry be heard from their houses. When you bring a troop suddenly upon them, for they have dug a pit to take me and hidden snares for my feet. Yet, Lord, you know all their counsel, which is against me to slay me. Provide no atonement for their iniquity, nor blot out their sin from your sight, but let them be overthrown before you. Deal thus with them in the time of your anger. I'll tell you one thing. I would not want Jeremiah praying this against me. <laughs> Jeremiah called for justice and vindication against his persecutors. Now, he was giving them God's message so that Jeremiah knew they weren't actually rejecting him, but the Lord. But I believe that as God told Jeremiah to go to the potter's house, there was also a message for him. Jeremiah was a lump of clay on the potter's wheel. No human messenger of the Lord is exempt from the message that he preaches. As God was shaping the nation, 
he was also shaping Jeremiah. And one of the means that God uses to shape his servants is affliction. Jeremiah's reaction was a desire that God would unleash his wrath upon his persecutors. After all, Jeremiah had sought to do them good, but now they returned his good with evil. When we get to the New Testament, Jesus exemplified a different spirit. Jesus taught us to love our enemies, to do good to those who hate us, to bless those who curse us, and to pray for those who abuse us. Frankly, this is so hard, I have yet to meet anyone, including myself, who always does this. There is no commandment more difficult than these. But Jesus did it. And when his enemies were crucifying him, he prayed, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. As with Jeremiah, God may put us on the potter's wheel with adverse circumstances. He may allow people to oppose and persecute us. These things break and humble us, but they will also perfect us. We may cry out to God in pain, anger, and even tears. But if we will be still, submit to the situation, and entrust ourselves to God, then he will use that pain to make us into a vessel of beauty, honor, and glory. Oh, the wonderful work of the potter and the clay. Have your own way, God. Mold me and make me after your will. While I am waiting, yielded and still. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. That's calvarytv.org. If you have any questions or comments, please contact us through our website. To listen to previous episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our podcast on iTunes or Spotify and please leave us a review. Tomorrow we will see where the Lord tells Jeremiah to take an earthen jar to the valley of the son of Hinnom. He prophesies slaughter and cannibalism and breaks the jar before them. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of Jeremiah on Simply the Bible. Simply the Bible